is a very good friend of ours, and there's a very good reason why we played that horrible, horrible video. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, uh, if it's your first time at Fieldstone Church, my name is Justin. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, and this is Ashley Putman, and she is up here for a pretty cool reason, is we're kicking off a brand new series this week. Um, and each week, uh, as a part of this series called Roots, we're going to be interviewing a different person or family from our Fieldstone family and giving you a chance to hear from them a little bit. Um, if you don't know, our mission here is to transform family trees with the gospel. Uh, we just really believe that Jesus changes lives. He's the only one that can. And we believe that changed lives change family trees. Um, and that's something that we are chasing down passionately. Uh, and it's, it, there are stories that we've already seen just in the, the nine short months that this church has been in existence of people meeting Jesus, uh, families experiencing a transformation as a result of what God is doing in people's lives as individuals. And so we're excited about that. Um, and there's a power that comes from telling stories. Uh, last, even just the last couple weeks, if you've been around, we, we had uh, Andre uh, de Villiers, who was here from South Africa, and shared his story just about God's faithfulness and the power that, that came with that. Um, buddy of mine, Adam Mashney, spoke last week and, and talked about the power of just being curious with people's lives, asking them questions, getting to know them, and then being able to engage with them with that. And so we, we want to have a chance over the next four or five weeks to just um, in some ways, build our family here by letting you hear from others uh, that sit around you every single week. Um, and we want to encourage you with what God can do, with what God has already done in some of these families. And we want to dig below the surface a little bit, because uh, as you'll hear from Ashley today and from some of the families over the next few weeks, uh, there's just some stories you don't hear around the coffee table on Sunday morning, right? You can get to know them. You can uh, find out who their kids are and what they do for work and all that stuff. You can start to be familiar with them. But a lot of those stories don't come out in everyday conversation. So we're going to share some of those with you and hopefully remind you of some of the truth that goes along with those stories and challenge you to experience that in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own, uh, your own family, uh, just like they have. So hopefully that's what you experience over the next few weeks. I'd encourage you to come back. There's a variety of stories from, uh, from people who you look at them and say, how are you still married? This is just ridiculous. And then there's some who will be up here and you'll be like, that dude should be dead. Yep, he should. In fact, he was dead for a certain amount of time and yet he's still standing here talking to us. So some pretty amazing stories and might even mix in one or two where you're like, that's kind of a boring story, but God is still good, right? Like, that's my story. I don't have a lot of exciting things to tell. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, uh, today we have Ashley Putman. And the reason why we played that video is Ashley's husband, Tim, was unwilling to join her up here in sharing their family story. And so we embarrassed him by playing that video. Uh, I'm not even sure he knew it still existed, but it does, and it's on YouTube. So if you'd like to search uh, Tim Putman, uh, there will be a number of uh, videos up there that are extremely embarrassing to him. But uh, apparently in his mind, less embarrassing than talking about Jesus. I don't know. Uh, I guess that's, that's for you to, to figure out with Tim. Um, <laughs> so Ashley, welcome to the stage. How are, you, how are you feeling? Nervous. Good. It's good to be nervous. It's good to be nervous. Good to be stretched. Um, so we'll start with easy stuff. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family? How, how did you and Tim meet? You guys have kids? Kind of what, what are the basics? What, where are you from? All that good stuff. So I grew up in Ipsy and Tim grew up in Belleville. Uh, we just celebrated our 12-year wedding anniversary this nice. past Mother's Day. Uh, we have an eight-year-old daughter. Oh, they want to clap for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, named cool. Olivia. Um, and 
when I first met Tim, I actually had a boyfriend. We met through some friends, and um, none of my friends liked my current boyfriend, so they thought it would be super funny to give Tim my AOL Instant Messenger screen name. So, uh, <laughs> By the way, how many of you guys remember AOL Instant Messenger, kind of the early <laughs> days of, of non-phone calls? Right. Yeah, cool. Um, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. What was your AOL? Because my AOL Instant Messenger name was CurlyJ2000. <laughs> Um, so, so what was your instant messenger name? Well, my maiden last name was Cinnamon, so mine was Cinnadol. Hold on, 18. hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't just fly by that. <laughs> your maiden name was like Cinnamon? It was Cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon. Like salt, pepper, sugar. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. That's awesome. Same spelling and everything. Yes. That's the best name ever. <laughs> Um, so Tim would pop in from time to time and just say goofy stuff, and he would always throw in, like, uh, if I had a girl like you, I would treat her so good, and that kind of corny stuff. Was it in the falsetto voice, like when he was singing? Like, if I had a girl like <laughs> Probably. you. Probably. All right. Cool. <laughs> nice. So you met Tim, and you guys got married, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. And then you had Ashley. Um, Olivia. Olivia, you're Ashley. Sorry, I do that from time to time. So that's their family there. And I think we have a picture of when you and Tim met, um, or about that time when you were still youngsters. So, yeah, Tim, you used to be so cute, brother. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, and then, just so everybody knows, how, how did you guys then get connected with Fieldstone? How did you come uh, to be a part of this crew? So we um, went to Northridge Saline a couple of times and had some friends that went there. Um, and so I started seeing the interest meetings uh, shared on Facebook. Um, so we did come to one of the interest meetings and um, thought you and Kathy were pretty cool. Yes. Um, but what really caught my eye was the, uh, <laughs> the Fieldstone motto, uh, Transforming Family Trees. I thought that was pretty awesome. Cool. So you guys, and these guys were part of our launch team. They were in it uh, right from the beginning, which was pretty exciting. Um, it was great to have them. And, and Ashley serves in the kids' ministry currently, um, leading one of the small groups back there. And Tim kind of dabbles in security. Um, and every time the toilet breaks, we call him. So he's, he's got those special skills that we really, really appreciate. Uh, so meeting Tim wasn't necessarily unusual in the way you met him. I mean, people get set up all the time. Um, but you said when we met uh, to talk about this, you said something very interesting to me that I laughed at, but at the same time, it really kind of gives us a preview of where your story goes a little bit. So, so when I asked you, what was it that you liked about Tim? What was the thing that stood out to you? I said that he had never done drugs in his life, um, which where we grew up um, was kind of uncommon because the temptation was always there. Um, and the fact that he had, had never gave in to that temptation, um, I thought that made him a pretty strong person. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> that all sounds really good. But that also is like low-hanging fruit, right? Like, <laughs> what are you looking for in a man? <laughs> as long as he's never done drugs, I'm happy. I don't, I don't care about anything else. You know, so, so when I heard that, you know, it was obviously kind of silly, but... So um, I have to throw this in here. Yes. Uh, Tim wanted me to throw in that he was very handsome as well, so I ha uh, <laughs> so that ha played a factor in it. <laughs> okay, so Tim said that, but if I remember correctly, that never came up in our conversation about what made you fall in love with him. It was just the drugs thing. Yeah, okay, so, um, so th if that was what you were thinking, and if that's what your response is, even looking back, I think that gives a little bit of a signal that maybe there was 
some family history coming into play there, some history of your own life playing, coming into play there. So uh, let's talk about that. T- tell us, uh, let's start with your parents, kind of uh, what was life like with your parents growing up? Um, what, what was life like for your mom and, and her, her uh, initial marriage and all that stuff? So my mom um, grew up in a family um, with their parents were alcoholics. Um, Her dad was abusive. And she was the youngest of all her siblings. Um, So she was the last one kind of left in the house. Um, She met my dad right out of high school and just wanted to get away from everything. So they um, took off and moved to Texas. Uh, She got pregnant with me. Uh, They came back home, got married, and very early on in the marriage, um, my mom figured out that my dad was a lot like her dad. Um, Very violent, controlling, uh, smoked marijuana all the time, just not something that she wanted to be involved in for the rest of her life. Um, So they were divorced by the time I was like a year old. Um, My dad, uh, I still, he played a big part of my life. I was at his house every weekend. Um, But by the the time I was six years old, um, my dad was addicted to crack cocaine, um, which landed him in prison where he currently is as a repeat offender. Um, However, um, my mom remarried when I was eight years old to an amazing man named John. Um, John has been a light in our lives. Um, I remember the day they got married, I got to walk down the aisle with them and just feeling so happy uh, for my mom that she got her happily ever after and secretly wishing in my mind that John could just be my dad and I didn't have to go and live the terrible life on the weekends that I had to live. But then I felt very guilty for thinking that way. Um, I knew that one day my dad was going to change, um, that he had to because he loved me and uh, his love was going to be enough to uh, overcome his addiction. Okay, so mom got remarried and dad was kind of in and out of prison, is in, in prison currently. But you did spend quite a bit of time with him on some of those weekends. So just so they have an idea of how deep this got, talk a little bit about what some of those weekends were like with him and some of those experiences. Um, So my dad actually got remarried as well. Um, He's obviously currently not married to the woman anymore, um, but she still plays a big factor in my life. She's an awesome woman. But she had a son that was a year older than me, and she worked nights, so it would just usually be my dad, uh, her son, and me on the weekends. And um, he would take us on different drug deals, um, different crack houses, I would be sitting in in the car. Most of the time, he would leave us in the car, and um, I would hide underneath the glove box, um, just scared to death that someone was going to steal the car and take us. And And you initially thought you were just going to Taco Bell, or you are just going... Yeah, yeah, he never really told us where we were going. And so I remember um, one specific time, I was hiding under the glove box, and I just started praying. I said, God, you know, please just get us out of this situation. Um, Let my dad stop putting us in these situations. Please don't let anyone steal us. And then I just felt like I I wish I could tell my mom what was going on, um, but I was too scared because I knew that if she knew everything that I wouldn't be allowed to see my dad anymore. So you were kind of living some different tensions where you knew your dad was bad news even as like an eight-year-old, and yet you didn't want to lose a bit of that connection as as dysfunctional as it probably was. Um, Yeah, that's difficult. Okay, so I'm, I'm really curious about praying under the dashboard because... Um, what you've shared so far sounds like, okay, why would this particular eight-year-old girl think to pray? You know, was there, was there some type of a spiritual foundation, or what, what caused you to think, okay, in this situation, my option is to pray? What, what, what led to that? I 
think if it was it was more of a comfort thing, like my mom and I, um, like we weren't really spiritual, but we would always say like bedtime prayers before bed. And believe it or not, my dad talked a lot about God, but we never really had that relationship. Um, so I think for me at that time, it was just more like if someone's listening, please help me and more of just like a comfort thing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, it, and I, I don't think this came up at all, but as I think about... Um, Ashley serving the kids ministry and just all the kids we have around here and the impact that that had where just some some semblance of there's someone out there that I can turn to in this situation. Um, I hope you don't take this as a shameless plug, but the, the most important ministry in this church is our Fieldstone Kids ministry. And so if you are looking for a place to change the world, um, that's the place. And we'd love to get you plugged in because I think about a girl like Ashley and, and when I hear your story, like, I, I didn't live that, but I have a daughter who is uh, eight now, and I think about her being in that situation, and it brings up, I know some, a lot of you guys are parents, like, I have this mixture, even hearing the story again, of, like, part rage, part uh, fear, part just sad, you know, and so, um, you know, that, that's, if you're looking to, to really have an impact, um, if you can reach children, uh, that, that's the place to do it. So, sorry about that, that little pause. <laughs> Um, I want to fast forward a little bit. So you get into your teen years. Um, so we have this gap here where you're experiencing this stuff with your dad, drugs, prison, um, both parents remarrying and all the different transitions that go with that. And we know you met Tim eventually. So um, I have to imagine that this type of a childhood led to some interesting teen years. So what did that turn into you for you at 13, 14, 15? So I was pretty rebellious. Um, I never got into the whole drug scene. I, um, I knew, had seen firsthand what it did, so I never had really any desire to try it out. Um, but for me, so for I, you personally, even these experiences with dad and the craziness of your childhood, you like found a way to stay out of that yourself. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, okay. for me personally, yeah, yeah. But I was always like I dated the bad boys. Um, I always felt like I, because I couldn't change my dad, that there were, that I always felt like he didn't love me enough to change, that I was going to find a guy, he was going to love me, and I was going to change him. Um, mm. However. So at that point, <laughs> you, were, you weren't necessarily thinking, find someone who doesn't live like that. You were, you were thinking, find someone like my dad, and I will change them mm -hmm. in the way I couldn't change him. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. So I um, found myself in a situation, the guy that I was dating right before Tim, um, that my friends didn't like. I remember being um, at his house and not feeling well and wanting to go home. And he tells me, well, you can be sick at my house just as easy as you can be sick at your own house. So he stood in front of the door and wouldn't let me leave. And then a light clicked in my head. And it was just like, Ashley, you are the most selfish person. If he wanted to change, he needs to do it for him. You're not magical. You're not going to make him change. Hmm. You have lived this life as a child, and you will not live it as an adult. So once he moved from that door, I left, and I never looked back. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. Okay, so, man, this is good. Nobody ever claps for me when it's just me up here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so now you end up on a double date with Tim. Yeah. You got set up. Um, and besides the no drugs thing, and I want to emphasize that was the only thing she liked initially, <laughs> Tim, right? That was it. But what else caught your attention about him on that that first experience. So we're in the car, and um, we were with some friends, and I was sitting in the um, front passenger side. Tim was in the back seat, and he goes, can you turn it to 103.5? And I was like, what's 103.5? And he goes, the Christian radio channel? So I start laughing hysterically because <laughs> if you've ever met Tim, you, you never know when he's serious. 
And so I totally thought he was joking, and I was just laughing. And I look, and his face is completely straight, and I look like I completely um, offended him. <laughs> and so I remember going home that night, and I remember thinking, I'm supposed to marry this guy. Hmm. So again, me being not spiritual at all, I prayed. And I said, God, this is way out of my comfort zone. If I'm supposed to be with this guy, you need to give me some kind of sign or otherwise get him moving along because this is weird. And uh, Tim and I <laughs> continued to date, and eight months later, he proposed. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. And you've been married 12 years now, you said. Pretty yep. sweet. Pretty sweet. So for you, um, like I know you really well now, and, and, and Ashley got baptized back in the fall at one of our, our first baptism services. And so through those conversations, Ashley believes everything that God asks us to believe when it comes to having a relationship with him. And yet for you, was it, was there a moment where you went from my life's a mess to I'm following Jesus? Was, was there that, that, uh, like for me as a kid, it was like, ask Jesus into my heart every week at Sunday school and, and every VBS and all that stuff. So I have these, these moments of like, you know, kneeling next to my bed with mom and dad. Do, do you have those types of things, or what was it like for you coming to that point? I like. I always knew he existed, but there was never really a relationship there. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my aunt, she was my most favorite person in the world. She got sick with cancer, and I remember being so angry and so angry at God. Like, there's so many horrible people in this world. Why her? And um, Tim would say, you know, it's not God's fault. God still loves her. God still loves you. And then that made me angry at Tim because he was just running his mouth. And uh, so a little bit um, after we had that conversation, um, it was like two nights later, I was in my room and I had a dream and it was the most real dream I've ever had. I was laying on my pillow and I like floated up from my pillow and there was the face of Jesus. He kissed me on the forehead and I floated back down. I woke up and I was like, okay, well, he loves me. That was him just telling me he loves me. And from then on out, I was all in. Like Tim and I started going to church pretty regularly wow. and... So that, that experience that. just made it real for you. Yeah, it was very That's pretty real. Wild. I think we we lost all the Baptists with all the dream stuff, and just <laughs> sometimes sometimes us Baptists get a little bit get a little bit shy around some of those stories. But but that's amazing. So you, it's almost like the one thing that you needed was the thing that Jesus provided for you to just know He's there and He loves yeah, you. That's awesome. Very cool. Love that. Um, so for you, where you're at now, um, married 12 years, you had a kid, doing well. When you look back on your childhood, when you look back on your teen years, is there something that you would say to someone who is younger than you, maybe even going through that, that same type of scenario? I would just say no matter what situation you're born in, um, what you've done in your past, if you're ashamed of something, that doesn't define you. Hmm. Um, my life could have been 100% different than what it turned out to be. Um, but because I knew that I deserved better and God has always wanted me to have better, I'm sitting here telling this story at 34 years old with an amazing husband that loves and respects me, a little girl who I'm able to shelter from this cold world, and she wakes up singing about Jesus every morning and goes to bed singing to Jesus every mm -hmm. night, and I know without him that would not be possible. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, here's the thing I love about her story, and the band's going to come, and we're going to... Um, we're going to share communion together today and, and do some extended singing. But as I was listening to Ashley share her story and even listening now um, and, and, and kind of viewing that in through the lens of our, our mission to transform family trees with the gospel, I think about your grandma. She had a husband who had some addiction issues, and that marriage was doomed. 
And so your mom obviously had a dad who was involved in those things. And then your mom married someone, even though she thought she was getting out of it, married someone with those same issues. And because of that, you had a dad with those same issues. And so you see that family tree pattern happening. And yet Ashley comes along with a grandpa and a dad and seeing those things happening through her family tree, dating people with those same troubles, ended up going in a different direction. Why? Number one, I mean, the, the, the easy one is learning ex- from others' experience and deciding that's not for me, but the, the, the clear and obvious role that God played in that process. And, and then you look at what's coming after. She has a daughter who's experiencing something different. And then eventually you're going to have grandkids who experience something different and great-grandkids who experience something different because God stepped in and changed a life, and through that changed life is transforming a family tree, uh, which is pretty amazing to think about. And, and um, uh, they'll throw it on the screen for you if you have your Bibles. I want to go to Psalm 107 real quick uh, before we wrap up. Um, first of all, this whole psalm is just awesome. So when you get a chance today or this week, go back and read the whole thing. I want to hit just a few verses. But in Psalm 107, it says this. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Verse 2, I love this. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And that's where, you know, this, this root series is a chance for people to share what he has done in their lives. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Some in the midst of bad marriages, some in the midst of difficult situations, some as eight-year-olds under the dashboard of their dad's car in the midst of a drug deal. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Why? Because God is in the business of delivering from distress. And he's in the business of settling us in a new city, a place of peace and rest, just like Ashley has experienced God is in the business of satisfying our greatest hungers and thirsts, and those stories need to be told. Whether it's on a platform on a Sunday morning or in your, around your dinner table with coffee uh, or at a PTA meeting, the stories of those who have been redeemed need to be told. And then here's, I love how it ends, because it's almost like it's just this encouraging thing, and then verse 43 of Psalm 107. Let the one who is wise heed these things. And ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. If you're smart, you'll pay attention to these stories. The stories of God's people. There is truth. There is encouragement. There is correction. There is wisdom to be gained by the stories that are told by God's people. And so that's what we're here to do. Um, And and I want to encourage you. I don't know where everybody's at this morning. I see a lot of familiar faces, but I see a lot of faces I've never seen before. So I don't know what Jesus means to you. Maybe in some way, even as an adult, you're that eight-year-old searching for something underneath the dashboard of the car. You're hiding somewhere, just asking for God to reveal himself, let you know that he's real. I want to encourage you, he is. And he's waiting for you to cry out to him. 
and he wants to bring the healing and the restoration and deliver you to a new city you can call your own and to a land of peace that you can call your own. Um, that's all available to you. And it's as simple, you know, for Ashley, it was a season, it was a process of, of hearing and learning and understanding and eventually looking back and realizing, oh my gosh, this is real for me. I believe this. But for some people, maybe you're like me and, and, and it's a moment and you remember realizing, oh man, this is it. I'm making that decision right now. Whatever it is for you, it's as simple as recognizing that Jesus is God. He came to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, and then died for us. So that the mess in our lives, yeah, we can, look, we can hear Ashley's story and say, yeah, her dad's messed up. But you know what? Yeah, he's messed up. But I'm messed up. You're messed up. We're all messed up. And so Jesus came for Ashley's dad. Jesus came for Ashley. Jesus came for me. Jesus came for you. And if we'll accept that truth, if we'll accept that gift, then we can experience the same transformation, not only in our lives, but in our entire family tree that Ashley is experiencing right now. And it's a special deal. So um, let's thank Ashley for coming. We're going to transition here.